You're listening to season two of the Where Did You See God podcast, where my family and I are processing our experience doing a family DTS or discipleship training school. And in fact, we have just finished our lecture phase and we are about to embark on the outreach phase. We are going to be joined by two other families, both of them from Norway, and there will be 16 of us, six adults and 10 kids going into the mainland USA to serve in Richmond, Virginia, Virginia Beach, and Chico, California. You're going to hear a story today about how that came together, how it wasn't our idea or our plan, and how God actually orchestrated something bigger than our family to create what we believe is going to be something that shows his power and glory. Now, the reason this story needs to be told is because our family is going to be serving in the place that we just came from, and that is not the norm. We've been living and serving in the east end of Richmond for over a decade, and we are going to be serving for a month in Richmond. So how does it come together that a family doing a DTS ends up where they live? Again, this wasn't by our orchestration, but God has been up to something big, and you're going to hear that story today. Before we get into that, you may be wondering, what is an outreach, and is an outreach even okay? I have some good friends who really struggle with terms like missions and missionary because they think of the many, many, many times in history and even up to today where missions has not been done well, where in the name of God, hurtful things have happened to individuals and to cultures. And this is something very real that we need to be contending with and aware of. And so it is not a small thing for us to enter into this season of outreach. And so what I can tell you is we are not going to fix people or to fix problems. In fact, we are nothing special. What we are doing is following the nudges of God into this space, seeking to do the two things that Jesus called us to, to love God and to love others. And what we are bringing with us is what we have just experienced during the lecture phase. What it was like for us to learn what it means to hear the voice of God. What it means to know that God loves us as a father. What it means to know that we have power over the enemy. What it means to know that we can have freedom today. What it means to know our identity, our original design. We are coming with a knowledge of what we have just experienced, how God has transformed our lives. And we want to share that with anyone who wants to listen. We are simply coming saying, God has just done something amazing in our families. Do you want to know about it? God has just done something amazing in our lives. Do you want to experience something amazing too? The truth is we have no idea what outreach is going to bring, but we do know God is at work. You're listening to episode 37 of the Where Did You See God podcast. Father God, we just want to thank you that you are God and you are good. And right now we just want to give you this time and ask that the Holy Spirit would just guide our words. There's a lot that we want to share, a lot that we feel like could or should be shared, but ultimately we want to share whatever it is um, that will bring you glory and that, that you want to come from our mouths. So just guide our words, guide our thoughts, and we pray that you're honored by this time as we just share everything you've been up to um, around outreach, both that we're aware of and things that we have no clue what you're doing yet. 
Also pray in his holy name. Amen. So, in less than a week, we and two families from Norway will be stepping out into our outreach phase of the discipleship training school. Becca, in like a couple sentences, what is the outreach phase? So, discipleship training school is composed of two phases. Um, the first is a three-month lecture phase, uh, which we are about to complete. And then the second is a two to three month outreach phase in which you are serving a community of people. Generally, it's overseas. And you're using the things that you've learned in your lecture phase to serve, essentially show people the love of Jesus in word and deed. Yeah, and so our journey is going to be mainland USA. And in fact, part of that time is going to be in Richmond, where we have lived for the past decade. And a lot of people have asked us, wait a minute, you're going back home for your outreach? And they're rightfully confused because that is not the norm for a YWAM DTS outreach. It's not the norm to go back to your home country, much less your home city, much less your actual home. So just the other day, I had somebody ask me if us going back to Richmond for our outreach was our idea, was something that we proposed to the leaders of the family DTS. And I told her, the short answer is no. This was actually 100% God's idea. But let me tell you the story of the longer answer. So after I shared the story with her, I felt like it could actually be really helpful for us to find a way to make a permanent form of that story for ourselves, but also something that's accessible to anybody who might want to know more about why we are going to Richmond for our outreach. We're going to share that story now. There is so much to the story that won't make it in here for the sake of time. So many ways that we experienced God, so many ways that he affirmed what he was doing, so many moments that we had no idea what was happening, uh, but we took steps of obedience We're going to do our best to share what we can because the truth is, is that this was God's decision, that God was working on this long before we realized it. God was doing things well into the points that we didn't know he was doing anything. And God is doing abundantly more than we could ask or imagine, not just for ourselves, but for so many people beyond us. The short version of the story, if you don't listen to anything else, is God is up to something that is bigger than the Grangers. So if you've been listening for a while, uh, you've heard my unemployment story, you've heard Becca's unemployment story, and in those we share the early steps of what led us to the family DTS. For me, uh, I had gotten connected in a deeper way with YWAM Richmond, uh, was invited to pray about joining the team, and as I prayed about that and felt uh, confirmation from God that that was a good direction to go, I learned that there was this thing called a DTS, Discipleship Training School. And anyone that wants to be on staff for YWAM needs to complete a DTS. Well, at the time, I was the only one that was going to be doing things with YWAM. Becca was still going to be working in her job. And so it wouldn't make sense for me to do the DTS in the normal way, as Becca mentioned, that you do three months lecture and then you go to another country for two to three months for outreach. 
I'm not going to leave my family for two or three months. So the plan was that I would do the DTS, both lecture and outreach in Richmond. They weren't sure how it would work, but they just had such a strong sense that God was moving that we would figure it out. So um, five weeks after we had our third child, so this was in February, in March, it was suggested to me by the base leader that it would be good at some point in the next two years for me to do a DTS, even if I didn't end up joining YWAM staff, just because I would really understand a little bit better the culture of YWAM and the values. Because even though Paul might be the only member of our family on staff, family is such a big value of YWAM. Um, but it was ideal. It was I was told that it was ideal if we could actually do it together, which if you listen to the unemployment story, my unemployment story kind of rocked my world a little bit because I was like, how on earth is this going to happen? I'd have to quit my job. Um, and after a lot of prayer, I decided, oh, no, actually, this is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. I want to take a year off and I want to do a DTS with Paul and I want to be a stay-at-home mom for the remainder of the year. Mm -hmm. During yeah. that time too, I had realized that there was a possibility of doing a family DTS. So if we stayed in Richmond and did the DTS together, we our kids would still be going um you know to school. They wouldn't be doing the outreach phase with us. They would just be in school. Um we would be doing like a normal DTS, not a DTS catered for families. Um but we'd there be with a handful of 18-year-olds and Yeah. But there are several DTSs that are actually made for families. The whole family does it together. That's what we're doing now and they go on outreach mm -hmm. together. And the first family DTS was pioneered here in Kona in 2013, so not that long ago, mm -hmm. um, and and multiple ones have been um, replicated through in different locations, um, and it was the Kona one that really first grabbed my attention, partially because of the opportunities for our kids that were here. They, they had the foundation mm -hmm. school, and it really seemed uh, to be a robust program here. Yeah. Well, what's funny is Kona had come up in some really unexpected random ways right after we first learned that a Kona DTS existed. Mm -hmm. uh, one of our friends, Beth, uh, mentioned that she knew a, a good friend of hers who actually works here at the Wyoming Kona base. And then our pastor, Doug, his brother lives here in Kona. So Kona kept coming up, Kona kept coming up. But one of the big moments where God really showed that he was up to something was we were still at that point where Becca was absolutely just, this is not what we're doing. <laughs> I do not feel good about this. I don't even know how I feel about this, but I don't feel good right now. And I remember she had talked to Beth. Beth was one of the few people that she really opened up to completely about how she was feeling and how hard it was. And I had gone to this service at our church, and, and I think Becca didn't feel well that day, so she stayed home. And at this service, the elders would uh, were going to wash uh, everyone's feet. And they always pray before they wash your feet. And I was thinking about all this. And I was like, how in the world am I going to package this prayer request for one of the elders? There's just no way. But this is what I feel like I need prayer for. And wouldn't you know it, I was the, one of the first people to get their feet washed. And who I got my feet washed by was Beth. And she looked at me and she's like, how can I pray for you? Actually, I know how I need to, I know how you would like me to pray for you. And it was it was beautiful because she knew exactly how to pray. 
I just felt like God was moving, but I didn't realize to what extent he was moving until I got home. And the moment I walk in the door, Becca walks up to me and she says, okay, I don't want you to think I'm crazy, but I've been looking at YWAM Kona all morning. <laughs> and that was, that was when we really started to realize, okay, this might be a thing. So in May, Becca makes the decision to, that she's going to follow God's prompting, take a step of obedience, a scary one, into leaving her job in August and taking a year of just focusing on her relationship with God and on our marriage and our family. And we have our first phone call with Brad Plett, who is one of the leaders of the family DTS. Yep. So that happened you know, sometime in June, I think. And essentially, we you know let him know that um, we are entertaining the possibility of doing the Kona DTS. And we kind of filled him in on what our situation was and that the original plan was that Paul would do lecture and outreach in Richmond. And that though we felt like we could maybe move our family for three months to Kona, we weren't really sure about the international outreach part. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we were kind of trying to take the temperature of like, is it even possible for us to do the Kona DTS, but not do an international outreach. And um, Brad responded that well, in a couple of ways, really. One, he did let us know that some regulations with immunizations have gotten a little bit more strict. And so for those people who you know might not get all their immunizations, um, they were looking at maybe having like a mainland option for them because they wouldn't be able to go internationally. It's something that the way he put it is like, you know, this is something that's been coming up and we're starting to feel like maybe we do need to explore this option more. Mm-hmm. And so it was clear, like this was actually something outside of us. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't an accommodation for the Grangers. Mm-hmm. But, but we began to realize, okay, God's actually doing something within the family DTS to pioneer mm-hmm. this. But he also explained like the um, rationale behind an international outreach and and the why it's part of the DTS and how it's part of the process and that because um, the other thing that we were kind of thinking is you know there could actually be a lot of fruit in doing um, our outreach mm-hmm. at home because after DTS we are going to continue serving in mm-hmm. this city. And we would be able to serve in it in kind of a new and fresh way. We had been doing ministry in our own neighborhood um, or what had become our own neighborhood for 10 years. Um, and actually, honestly, it was a different neighborhood than what we grew up in. You know, it was still cross-cultural. Yeah. And so, you know, put it another way, we were actually we were open to being open Mm -hmm. to whatever God wanted to do and whatever he wanted outreach to look like. We had some friends who had an interestingly, a similar journey in that they had been serving in the neighborhood for a while, and then they were going to shift into a new way of serving in the neighborhood. And they actually went uh, to the Philippines for a few months as a whole family. And so we knew it could be done and it could be fruitful. And so when when we say that we had some questions about outreach, it was less that we didn't want to do outreach and mm-hmm. more that there was something, there was an uneasiness within us. Mm-hmm. And it was tricky because we felt that and we tried to pinpoint it, right? Well, is it because we have a newborn baby and mm-hmm. we don't want to take a newborn baby out of the country? Or is it because Paul blacked out a few months ago and we don't know why and he has a 
implantable heart monitor in his chest that connects through Bluetooth and then connects to the hospital and it needs to transmit. Like there were these reasons that could make us think that going abroad for outreach wasn't a good idea. But what we realized is it, 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 it just wasn't one of those. There was something about it. And so, you know, we really appreciated Brad's willingness to talk with us, his flexibility to explore options. We appreciated God showing us that there were things outside of us happening. And what we decided to do was to take another month to just pray. Yeah. And in that time, you know, Becca got to a place where she actually had some excitement about the option of doing uh, an overseas outreach. And she landed in a place of, if that's where God leads us, then then I'm willing. I don't know how it works with Joshua. I don't know how it works with your heart monitor, but I'm, I'm open. And I was in a different place. I was open to being open. But as much as I prayed, as much as I tried to release my own desires and my own ideas and thoughts, which existed, the more I tried to do that, the more I realized that this lack of peace wasn't budging. One of the things I appreciated in our first week of Family DTS lecture is uh, Ryan, who was sharing, was giving examples of ways that you can hear God and ex- like hear his voice. And one of the things he shared was that you can hear God through a sense of peace. But the thing I really appreciated that I, I don't often hear people say is he's like, you can hear it through peace, but you can, you can actually also hear it through a lack of peace. And the moment he said that, it, it kind of brought um, some clarity to what I had felt months before when we finally reached back out to Brad. I just felt this deep, profound lack of peace around outreach, and I couldn't put words behind it. I couldn't give a definitive reason. And actually, what I did feel from God was that I was not supposed to give reasons. I wasn't supposed to defend a plan, but I was supposed to just step out and say, this is what I'm sensing. And what we did is emailed and we said, we really appreciate everything. Here's where we've landed. Paul has this deep lack of peace around outreach, and he's not exactly sure why it is, but it just, after a month of praying, it's there. We also feel this sense of excitement and opportunity for what YWAM Kona could mean for our family. And so we would love to continue to explore YWAM Kona, but we understand that this is a really unconventional outreach situation. And if that can't work, because we want to honor YWAM Kona's family DTS. We want to honor their way of doing things. If it can't work, then we totally understand. Uh, We will happily do our DTS in Richmond, and thank you so much. And, And we sent that email out, and then we waited. And it turns out that Brad and his leadership team had been praying as well, and they felt a peace from God to continue to explore this option. And so as we pressed forward and moving towards this YWAM Kona DTS, uh, we did so knowing that mainland USA would be an option, but it would be contingent on other families being a part of it. And, and I'll just also say too that during that month when we were, both parties were praying, we were praying, the DTS staff team was praying I think what I've realized in after coming here was that like when the staff DTS team prays, they really do seek mm-hmm. God 
on on what he's saying. It's not just like, oh, let's think about it. Yeah. It's really let's seek God on it. And so I, I have full confidence that if like this is not something that God was in, that that would have been made known. Yeah. And they're also very open. If God tells them something that is is unconventional, um, they won't say, well, this is, but this is how we've always done it. They're willing to step out in faith on a crazy idea that God has because that's how serious they are about walking in obedience. Once we had put in our application, we had another phone call with Brad. He said that this is what they were thinking of for the mainland outreach, um, that they were thinking of about five or so weeks in Richmond, uh, possibly one week in Virginia Beach at the new base, and then two weeks in Chico, California, um, because the base in Chico, California is actually where Brad and Chantel, our leaders, did their DTS before Chico had a family DTS. They did something Mm. called a Crossroads DTS. But now Chico has a family DTS, and they do a lot of partnering with the Kona base. So this is what they were thinking, but they said, you know, it is, it is contingent upon you having a team go with you. So like if the way that they figure out where you're going on outreach is after the first week, when the first week is hearing God's voice, um, then you practice hearing God's voice by praying about your outreach location. So they give you the four outreach locations and you're asked not to really do like a lot of research into it or figure out what it's going to be, but just like practice hearing the Lord's voice and they teach you how to engage your children in this process as well. And then you hand in, um, you know, a form with like your first second, third choice, any place that you don't want to go. And you also write down like some words, some things that you feel like the Lord gave you. And then the team prays about it and they put people in groups. So essentially all that is to say, we wouldn't know if we had a team until we actually came here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so coming here, um, there was still the chance that like if nobody really felt called to the U S then we would have maybe some decisions to Mm -hmm. make. Um, we were still open. It wasn't like, no, there's no way we're going. I mean, our plan was to do whatever God called us to yeah. do. Um, you know, it'd be, there were some logistical issues that we'd have to work out mm-hmm. if like we came here and then decided to go on an inner, you know, international outreach. Um, but yeah, so we, that weekend, um, we sat down as a family and, uh, one of the staff was telling about, they did their DTS one year ago here. And they were talking about their discernment process. And one thing they did is they laid out all the crayons that were the colors of the different flags of the nations that were options for their kids. And then they were just like, draw pictures. And they just wanted to see kind of, it was, it was kind of just like, well, let's just see what happens, you know? Um, And they wanted to see what colors the kids use. And it turned out that the kids use the colors of the Ugandan flag, which is where they decided to go or where the Lord had them go. Um, so we kind of did the same thing as we had, we, you know, we prayed together and we had the kids draw some pictures. Well, and before that, mm-hmm. you know, we've shared in some past episodes how there are moments that God has worked through our kids. And sometimes before that happens, our kids are having a hard time. And we begin to learn, like, sometimes that's a, that's a, you know, spiritual attack or that spiritual warfare that God's about to do something big and the enemy doesn't want us to 
believe our kids can be used by God. And so Timothy actually had, like, he was running out of the room, closing his door, saying, I'm absolutely not going to draw. At one point, Timothy came back into the room. He's like, I have a picture in my mind. I need to draw it. Mm-hmm. And then he reached into his marker bag and he starts going, okay, I need, I need, I need the right colors. Okay, I need a red marker. All right, I, and I need a blue marker. And I need a white mark. Well, there isn't really a white marker, but the paper's white, so that that's okay. Which is yeah, which is crazy. Um, he wasn't trying to draw the flag; he was actually drawing an airplane. Now we had talked to him about how likely the plan would be, you know, after Kona to come back to Richmond and then go to California. So he he did know that part because we were telling him, you know, we were drawing, we're asking God about outreach. And so he did have those ideas in it. But we were intentional about not bringing any of that up entering this discernment weekend. Right. Like he didn't pick the colors because he made the connection to the U.S. He just, those were the colors he wanted to use to draw his picture. Um, And we still have the picture. The picture that he had in his mind was a wave at Virginia Beach. He drew California there is a he had a picture of a cliff in his mind that he was trying to draw. And so I started looking up Chico, California or YWAM Chico cliffs. And I was showing him the pictures and he's like, oh, that's the one. And like just very clearly for us, it was confirmation from God. It was like God yeah. was saying, look, I am speaking through your son to tell you, yes, you're supposed to go on the mainland outreach. You're supposed to go to Richmond. And that was good for us because it was hard for us to enter that discernment weekend because we're like, what does it look like to discern when we feel like we've been discerning for months? Like yeah. if we just say, oh, we already know where we're going. Are we actually just seeking our own will? Are we not? Are we are we unwilling to continue to discern? But if we're like, oh, let's just keep it open. Are we actually tossing away the discernment God's already given us? What in the world do we do? And that's why we chose, hey, let's just see what God wants to say through our kids. Yeah, because the question we were asking was not where should we go on outreach? We asked the question, what should our outreach look like? That's what we said. Fun fact, guys, red, white, and blue are also the colors of the Norwegian flag. And as Paul mentioned earlier, the families coming with us are Norwegian. They do kind of a fun unveiling of the teams. And that's when we found out that we were, in fact, going to mainland U.S. with um, two other Norwegian families. One family has three kids like us. And one family has four kids. And we've really gotten to have a lot of chance to kind of build relationships with them and um, really excited about, you know, doing this with them. And so if you're following along so far, what we've seen is God giving us confirmation as a couple and as a family that he wanted to do something in YWAM Kona. Mm -hmm. Then we learned that God had been giving confirmation to the family DTS here that he wanted to do something with pioneering a mainland outreach that had nothing to do with the Grangers. Then we learned that God wanted something for our children to involve them in it. And then in what Becca just described, we learned that there were other families who felt called to this mainland outreach. And maybe you'll hear their stories uh, in some future episodes, but there were actually specific things about there being this USA option that ended up being a blessing to them. And so we're realizing, wow, like what we thought was us trying to discern what we should do, God was actually saying, no, this is much bigger than you. This involves the YWAM Kona base. This involves families in Norway that you don't even know. Like, this involves so much more. Um, and I think another aspect, the the different bases involved in this 
outreach are excited about is just some of the opportunities in terms of taking what has kind of been developed here in Kona with families and um, seeing it like just kind of maybe move to other bases. So our the the Richmond base um, in the last few years has seen a kind of an exponential growth in children as you know people are um, starting their families and um, in fact in August kind of had um, prayer and discussion about what does that look like now to operate as a base that um, has has a good deal of, of families as a part of it mm-hmm. um, and so we're really excited now coming and having these 12 weeks as a team of uh, just a lot of practice and and lecture around what does it look like to serve as a family Mm -hmm. and then bring this, you know, to the Richmond base and then, but also go visit another base in California that has been doing this, Mm -hmm. you know, family DTS thing as well. Um, you know, YWAM is all about one of their values is also pioneering. And so just, Oh, we don't know when we say that we, we don't know what that means. We don't know what God has in store, but we do know it seems like God is doing something with families and we do know it seems like he is using our team and the family DTS here in Kona to somehow impact what's going on in Virginia as well. And and I want to just reiterate that point that God is doing something through families, because that is a word that we have heard multiple people speak Mm -hmm. like, and not just in a, Oh, I think God should do stuff through families. Like, we have heard people, and particularly people with prophetic gifts, say, I believe that God is saying he is about to do big works through family. And one of the voices that said that was Chris Inchuk, the, the base director. And it was at our at the YWAM staff retreat, which we were honored to be invited to participate this is in. This in Richmond. In mm-hmm. Richmond. And at that retreat, he was going to share a message. And I think he it was kind of a shifting of gears from maybe what he had originally planned. And I remember seeing him that day, his the wheels were turning in his head, and I knew there was something that he felt it was clear that God had said something to him for him to share. And so he gathered everybody together and had the adults circle up and had the kids in the middle, and the kids were playing and they were loud. And then he went on to share what Becca just shared. You know, he's like, Our base is seeing a growth in families and in children. And I believe God is calling us to be intentional in learning what it means to function as families on the base, not just families on the base, but functioning as families. And so add that to the list of things that God's doing. God is also, through this outreach, doing things for YWAM Richmond. Add to that that one of the founders of the original family DTS, Brian, ended up sitting in our house in August. It's a it's a crazy story, but he ended up getting connected to us by Chris. He was going to be coming through Virginia. He came into our house and spent a couple hours talking. And that was a huge gift to us because, as you know, when you're seeking God, you hit these moments where you begin to wonder, what in the world are we doing? And that was a gift from God where God was basically using Brian to say, yes, you were on the right track. But one of the things that Brian shared as a founder of Family DTS is that he believes that God wants to continue to grow these Family DTSs at other bases. And he was excited about our outreach possibility because he saw that as a way to continue to show other bases in the country what a Family DTS can look like. 
And so now you have all these parties that we didn't even know that are being impacted by this outreach idea of a mainland USA outreach that we initially thought was something we were trying to figure out. But again, God was like, this is so much bigger than you, Paul and Becca. Yes, I am figuring things out for you and your your marriage and your family and your community, but I am doing abundantly more than you could ask or imagine. And so in less than a week, we are going to be departing for Richmond, returning to our home, which, as Becca mentioned, you know, I grew up in the country. She grew up in the suburbs. Where we live is, is not where we would have chosen to live, but it is where we feel called to live. It is where we feel like God is calling us to take steps of obedience. And we love our community, but we also know there are a lot of challenges. We've had drive-by shootings across from our house. There's poverty and uh, opiate overdoses and alcoholism and there's gentrification which is doing negative things in our community and there is racism and there is all of this stuff that is kind of contained in this small geographic area that makes everyday living sometimes difficult and challenging and so for us to return home doesn't mean what it might mean for others Mm -hmm. where you're returning to your nice comfortable place and you can disconnect. We're actually returning back to serving a community that we have grown to love, that we know God loves, and that we believe God is at work and doing amazing and beautiful things. And we have no idea what it is he's going to do because it's not our plan. It never was. But we believe that he is up to something big and we are excited to see what it is. many people who think of missions in the states as less than serving in other places and i know many people that i love and respect who really question whether someone who looks like me can come into a neighborhood of people that don't look the same and it be okay and these are hard things and i don't have all the answers and this is what i do know to the best of my ability i've been seeking to be who God's called me to be and go where God's called me to go. And most of the time, there are question marks, especially on that second piece. Most of the time, I think I might know what God is saying and I'm taking a step, but I don't know where my foot's going to land. But what I do know is that too often in history and too often today, people have been hurt in the name of God and we don't want to do that. I am really excited to be serving alongside this group of families because what I've learned about them in the last three months is that they want to love God and they want to love others and they are ready to be humble and serve and whatever that means and however that looks. And we don't know what the future holds, but what we do know is that God has given us an invitation. I really believe that God doesn't want to just do stuff. He wants to invite us into those things. He wants us to partner with him as he does things. So we're going to do it. To the best of our abilities, we're going to seek to love God and we are going to love others. We are going to see the image of God in everyone we meet. We are going to love. We are going to serve. We're going to humble ourselves. We're going to listen for the Spirit and go where he calls us to go. And I have no idea what the stories will be, but I believe that God has gone ahead of us and that he is going with us and that there will be stories to tell. And not stories about us, but stories about this great God 
that loves Richmond, that loves Virginia Beach, that loves Chico, that loves our neighbors, that loves in ways that we can never understand, but we will seek to try to replicate it. And that's what this outreach is going to be. It is a group of people who have learned that God is real, that God still speaks, that God loves deeply, that God wants people to know that love. And we're just going where he's pointed, ready to be who he's created us to be and to do whatever he calls us to do. And that's going to be a daily journey. And it's going to be hard and it's going to be confusing and it might seem fruitless at times and we might run into resistance. But it doesn't matter what actually happens because all that really matters is that we are trying to walk towards God and God says that if we seek, we will find. God's not trying to hide from us. So we're walking towards God. We're going to be sharing stories from that as we go. And we want to invite you into this journey. But more than that, I want to invite you into stepping out in your own way. God is giving you the same invitation to know who he is, to know who he's created you to be, to know his love for you, and to share that love with others. So step out. Start the day asking God, where do you want me to go? What do you want to say to me? What do I need to hear? And then just take the next step and the next step and the next step and see what happens because God is real. God loves you. He is working and you are going to experience the goodness of God today. And when you do ask yourself, where did you see God? Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Where Did You See God podcast. And I would love for your stories to be a part of it as well. So there are a number of ways that you can do that. You can check out our Facebook page at Where Did You See God podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash Where Did You See God, where you can leave a brief voice message at 804-372-3836. I would love to hear your stories. And if the stories you've heard have encouraged you, Uh, think of someone else who could be encouraged as well and share it with them. The music you've been listening to is You'll Walk, You'll Run by Urban Doxology. They are a solid group and you will love listening to the rest of the music. So check them out. And as always, as you go through your day, ask yourself, where did you see God?